1: Heads up, these are adults having adult conversations, so there could be adult content. I am so excited about this episode because I am interviewing Stormy Warren, who is such an incredible host. He is someone I look up to. I've learned from him. I've been friends with him for 10 years, and he was the face of GAC. He has hosted every event in Nashville you can imagine. He's all over the radio. He has his own radio show on Sirius XM. He is such an incredible person, such an incredible heart. And it was just such an honor to get to interview him. So we talk all about how he got a start, why Charlie Daniels is so important to him, and how he loves to hug trees. Here he is. I love you, Stormy. Hello.
0: Hello. Hi, Stormy. It's weird being on this end of this.
1: Well, you're quite a star, so you need to be exposed fully all of the details. It
0: really is. It's uncomfortable to be on this side. It is? Yeah. I've I've probably been on this side of it maybe two or three times in my entire career.
1: Are you serious? Yeah,
0: and it's really odd because in the situation I know where I'm going and I know you don't the know direction. Where I'm going I have with no you. idea. I'm so in control. I'm going to try to lean over Dude, and look like see your notes.
1: Don't look Okay, <laughs> I have to always check this cuz I've recorded two interviews and it didn't record.
0: Yeah, I did that with Jake Owen not too long ago. Oh my gosh. One of the best interviews I've ever done with him. And it didn't and, record? And he was on a time schedule and ran away on me.
1: So wait, wait, he didn't record the thing didn't record?
0: No. It was sad.
1: Did you die?
0: Yeah. And he was like, I got to go. And I'm like, bye.
1: Oh, and it was so
0: devastating. Even
1: in this huge yeah. thing with all and these microphones, texted, there's only.
0: Said, it was just my producer was sitting at this one. We could record from this computer or I could record from that computer. Are you. Just sound just, good? Sound good? Yeah. Interesting. And we both thought the other one was recording.
1: Oh, gosh. And so
0: we said, all right. So go ahead and press stop. And she goes, I didn't. I thought you were. Uh. And Jake goes, you're kidding. Right. And then Jake. Three hours later, Jake texts me. and goes, Stormy, you're not going to believe this. It happened again.
1: No. To someone else.
0: <laughs> he goes, Maybe. I don't know what it is he's about me. He's not meant me. to say what he's trying to say.
1: What is he talking about?
0: I know. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> what kind of secrets was he divulging? I got a squeaky you? chair.
0: I'm going to get out of the squeaky
1: chair. Okay. Get out of the squeaky chair. Okay. will you just keep talking. I just want to make sure that yeah. two Testing. is- Testing. Oops. Sorry. Okay. One, yeah. Two. Great.
0: Oh, that's better. Oh, great. Okay. And I'm more your height anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. See,
0: you look like a statuesque goddess now. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so I want to start off with a little rapid fire.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, so I'm going to say a few words, and you just...
0: Free association.
1: Yes. First thing that comes to mind, don't overthink it.
0: No, of course not.
1: Okay. Happiness. Joy. Okay. It's the same word.
0: Okay. All right, you said... It. <laughs> okay, oh, jo- <laughs> I, there's, so there's no wrong answers. Okay. Okay, now joy. All right, let's try that again. Okay, joy. Uh, outside.
1: Oh, okay, you're an outdoorsman. Yes, nice. Yes, what do you like to do outdoors?
0: Uh, anything. In fact, I had a production company called Surfing Moose
1: because you're a surfer, too.
0: I love the beach and, I love and the you're mountains. a scuba diver, scuba diver. Yeah, and uh, anything outside. I got to go hug a tree every now and then or I go nuts.
1: Okay, nice. So are you a hippie?
0: Uh, I'm not a hippie, I'm just really in tune with Mother Earth, the nature side of things. And when you lose connection with that, you your whole mental focus just goes out of whack. I agree with that. And I totally reconnect when I get back into the woods. And I never realize how much I miss it until I go back.
1: How often do you go into the woods?
0: Not near enough. But I have to make myself do it. And the more I do it, the happier I am. Yeah. So I guess happiness outside.
1: Love it. Okay. Dream.
0: Ooh. Don't overthink it. Dream. These are good words. I I I
1: made them specific for you.
0: (laughs) Dream. (sighs) happiness (laughs) (laughs) <sighs> happiness
1: <laughs> <laughs> just to be happy <laughs> that's it who said that quote when he was in like third grade was it john lennon yeah that's that he it you just want to be happy and, and he said God no that,
0: yeah he said that, that was a horrible answer because no that's the right answer
1: so what does happiness look like to you it, it looks like outdoors
0: looks like outdoors it, it has to do with um a, a sense of being calm uh, and I don't want to use the word control cause that's not it. Cause no one's ever truly in control of anything, mm-hmm. but it's being adaptable and being able to just roll with the flow and just not fight. Um, my biggest pet peeve in life are unnecessary obstacles in my path Okay. and things that are just stupid.
1: Okay. So like what?
0: Like, um, an unnecessary argument with a, a coworker or a spouse like or a wasted energy. wasted energy that is just so avoidable. And yet yeah, you get stuck in this rut of having to move a boulder that, that, just it, drains, it, you. that drains you. And it's just you see where you want to get to. You see the goal. Mm-hmm. You see the end zone. And this stupid thing is in your way that has no business being in your way.
1: So you like to be zen.
0: I completely You want to use your
1: energy for only positive. Like Absolutely. Absolute.
0: Positivity. I'm I'm probably the most optimistic person That's
1: you've ever
0: I met. That's I love you. Yeah. It's a, they, I I. Belong to the Optimist Club. Uh, in all reality, I used to speak at the Optimist Club, and oh, it's for real. For real, there's an Optimist Club. Yes,
1: well, can I come?
0: Yes, <laughs> because you're you're right there with me. I've
1: really trained myself to be optimistic, but I had to train. I wasn't naturally optimistic. Really? I well, no, I think I had to develop it.
0: Well, what were you? Why why were you so negative?
1: It wasn't necessarily negative. I just didn't realize you not
0: as positive as you wanted to be.
1: I didn't realize that it was a total choice, and mm-hmm. that like by choosing positivity always, it makes for a positive life. I had to develop that. Yeah, Did you, it, were you born with that?
0: Um, I, I guess it probably was instilled to in me by my parents. Okay, and my mom was the queen of the optimists. Okay, and, and my dad was just queen or king of common sense. So between the two of them, it was a good direction. Oh, you're
1: like a perfect combo meal. Well,
0: I, I I didn't say I got it all, but I, I definitely <laughs> got the optimist side. The common sense thing goes out the window every uh, now and then. I
1: would pick I would pick optimist over uh, common
0: sense. I, I just don't understand why people carry such gray clouds over them. And I, I don't, agree. I, I there's we have it enough around us. It's forced upon us enough. I don't know why people just live in this dark space. And even if even if that dark space is is part of you, there's always ways to bring light into it. And I so, agree I, with that. and so, I feel part of my job is to bring that to other people.
1: Stormy,
0: so you're
1: bringing storms of sunshine.
0: Storms of sunshine. If I were to put out an album, that would be the title. I love it. I <laughs> but love it's that. it's great, because the most satisfying thing is when you connect with somebody and you see them turn around, mm-hmm. you see them have a bad day goes to a a, a better outlook. Just even the slightest little twitch, and if you could know that you were a part of that in some way, what better reward is there?
1: So do you use your radio show to spread positivity?
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a, I, love, I love connecting. Um, it's, it's about the audience. It's about brightening the audience's day. Because uh, we're all one big happy family. I never look like we're broadcasting outward to the universe. I feel like everybody's in our studio. Okay. It's like one big living room. And it's yeah. a subtle difference between a lot of radio shows. A lot of people are really proud of what they have to say and want to project it outward. And just hope that something is received. And to me, I get as much coming back as oh. we deliver. And so it's 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 really a neat connection.
1: You have always seemed like the happiest guy and it's just a genuine thing.
0: It is. I mean, we all have bad days and I and I have them too, but I hate being in a bad day.
1: And when you're so aware of being positive, don't you know when you're in a bad day like yeah. cuz you can normally turn it around like Yeah. and it, aware, it doesn't take turn. long. But sometimes there's just a day that just sucks. It just sucks and you just can't get out of it.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know like those. It's a bad day. But I can count them on about one hand. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't have a lot of them. Awesome. And it's just, if I'm down for longer than about 30 minutes, I'm, I'm pretty pissy. Do
1: you have techniques to turn your day around?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's to put whatever it is that's sucking the energy out of you in a place. Okay, so you can deal with it. You're not ignoring it. You're not sweeping. It. I I did do that for a while, and it was a really bad it comes practice. Comes out sideways. Yep. The, totally. totally. If you, if, or it just overflows, mm-hmm. and, and you're a pressure cooker, and you explode. Oh,
1: that's the worst. And okay. I
0: I was very very good at that for a long time.
1: And then did you finally just like erupt like a volcano? Yeah. And, and who I, got the eruption? Mm, was there a moment? in It's
0: time? It, it's all random people. It's it's just unfortunately for the, those people. Or, or the situation, it comes out at the wrong time. And it comes out probably out of ease. Uh-huh. It comes out, it's like a safe zone. It's like, okay, uh, this really isn't going to matter if I explode here, so blam. And so whatever yeah. whatever takes it, it is really, whether it's an event, a person, whatever, It's it, I felt really bad when that happened. So I worked really hard to deal with stuff and not just shove it under the rug. Nice. But part of being positive is to put the negativity somewhere.
1: Okay, so where do you put it? It, Well,
0: now I deal with it, and I just kind of crumple it up in little pieces as we go and and dribble it out instead of just going, deal with you later. Right. Yeah. Because then
1: it's still that thing. It's still boiling over there. It's just you're not looking at it. And
0: it's amazing. Talk about wasted energy. I wasted a lot of energy for a lot of my life shoving all this shit in, in the closet. Yeah. And then when finally it was overflowing, it was too late, and you had this big pile of—it's like a, a closet full of bowling balls. Oh, Eventually, when yes. you open up that door, you get this avalanche of bowling balls that you have to deal with that you could have dealt with one bowling ball at a time. And it would have never built never up. Never would have built up. I
1: know. So, Just deal with it as you go. Yeah. Are you an organized person in general? No,
0: not in the <laughs> slightest. I am the least organized person you've ever met. But I'm uh, I'm a start to finisher, okay. and I think those go hand in hand. Totally. Because I'm not organized, I need to begin a project and end a project. I can't start multiple oh, projects and then piece the me worst. like I'm together. My wife is is a genius at that.
1: Does she remember she must have a good memory. Then. She
0: she's a multitasker. She could do like nine things at once, and it blows my mind. I'm like, but the dishwasher isn't only half empty. in your what's going on over here? She goes, I'll get back to that.
1: Does she make lists?
0: I she does make lists. Lists are key. I don't make less. Okay. I have a calendar in my head, and I have everything that goes on in my head. And it's...
1: You told me something about your calendar, too, Yeah. Though. You said that you don't look ahead. Like, you just wake up, yes. and you... Because we hosted National Dancing That's together, right. I guess, two years ago?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: now you're kind of giving me tips on hosting, which I have filed a lot of those away and use.
0: Oh, God, sorry.
1: No, they're great. But you said that, like, you have your calendar, but you just wake up, and whatever the day has, you just go with it. You don't think too far ahead. No,
0: I don't. I love the excitement of that. I love that it, it, it leads to a, a great way to avoid boredom yeah. and a routine. If you wake up not knowing exactly what the day has in store then it, it, it offers so many blessings that you weren't expecting. Yeah. So you sit there and go, oh, my gosh, that's right. I'm going here today. Yeah. And then you go, whoa. We're... And then, you know, people say, so what are you doing this afternoon? I'm like, I don't know. I have
1: no idea. And
0: then, then you stormy. put it together, and it's it's a blast that way. So
1: every day is exciting.
0: Every day is new. There's no – if I have more than like two or three days where it feels like they're almost exactly the same, yes. I start needing to go hug a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so. Totally.
1: I totally relate to that. Okay, vice.
0: Ah, uh, chewing tobacco.
1: You chew tobacco. I chew tobacco. No, you don't. I do. You have really white teeth. Yeah. Well. You put those big old dips in there. I do. No, you don't. You spit it out. And I stuff? do.
0: I do. It's horrible. <laughs> my kids are really. My kids made me quit once, and then I got back into it, and I'm trying again to, to quit.
1: So it just feels so good in your mouth. Yeah,
0: it is. It's just, it's a great. Is it like a
1: hot, tingling feeling in
0: there? No, it's, I mean, after I've been doing it a long time. So it's, it's just more habit than anything.
1: Have you gotten your lips checked out? Mm hmm. Are they okay? Yeah,
0: they're okay. Okay. I mean, but they, which I hate because I would rather them say, you know, you really need to stop because this is happening. No, they go, no, look good. I'm like, great, I'll keep dipping, <laughs> you know. So, <it's>, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, probably for my kids now because uh, they're really on me. They don't, they don't like to see me do it. I try to, i not hide it from them. They know I do it, but I yeah, don't rub it don't... in their faces exactly. either. So, yeah, that's a pretty good advice. Okay. And wine.
1: Oh, what yeah. kind? White, red? Chardonnay. Okay. So I Chardonnay. might
0: be the only tobacco chewing Chardonnay drinker you've ever met. See, that's
1: a great contrast. You got like your right. country redneck going up, and then you got your really sophisticated, classy. And
0: you see me with a spit cup and a glass of Chardonnay. <laughs> it's a, it's very sexy. I'm telling Story, you. I love
1: it. It's perfect. Yeah, you walk both lines. Yeah, you
0: know? and I, I, I definitely do, metaphorically and literally.
1: So, if you're going to describe yourself, it'd be a mix between chewing tobacco and Chardonnay. That
0: would be uh, absolutely correct. I
1: love that and yeah. territory hugging in the middle. That's it. Okay. Okay, um, music.
0: Music. Um, I'm a I'm a rainbow. I, I I really I know that's a cliche, but I I do listen to it all. I mean, I started listening to old school country, Roy Clark, Buck Owens, I grew up on Hee Haw, and so and my parents would drag me to these country variety shows. Glenn no Campbell way. and Jim Stafford and you Tammy went to all Winnett. Yeah. And uh, Tanny Tucker when what a she was treasure. young. And, and just uh, Roy Clark lived down the street from me. We're Because you grew up in, in Tulsa. In Tulsa, in the to
1: California. Yeah,
0: exactly. So Roy Clark would be uh, every Saturday or whenever he was in town, he would be out washing his car in his driveway. And I used to ride my bicycle. When I say right down the street, it was probably about 20 minutes away on a bike. But I would go down just to watch him wash his car. Did you say hi? Uh, I think I got the nerve once. I to, just. To, to, <laughs> Hi, Mr. Clark.
1: you're just kind of breathing the same air though, you yeah. In his yeah, space. And,
0: and I loved hee haw, and, and it's neat. It, it flash forward it, you know, if you think it and you can believe it, it will come. Mm. And I'm a huge believer in that, and oh, that's and there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of proof that that works in my life.
1: Give me an example. Okay, but, I am obsessed with that belief, and I and it works,
0: it and and sense. and knowing you for about a decade now, I've seen lots of proof in you that it works. Oh. so it's it's really cool. You're you're a believer in that, and I it, you can see that in people. You can feel the energy. It's it's a very cosmic thing. But so I give me an example. So going back to Roy Clark and and Buck Owens, uh, all I wanted to do was to uh, Buck Owens was like my idol. Okay, and and Charlie Daniels. You're jumping ahead. Sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, flash forward, I'm here in Nashville doing a, a, my career, and I still had yet to interview Buck Owens. Okay. So, all I kept thinking about, all my whole career, I wanted to meet and, and get to one. know Buck Owens. Then we did a couple of red carpet interviews, but those are quick, and it didn't really count, and for years, I went out to uh, his Crystal Palace for his birthday bash in Bakersfield just to be there, and, you know, I'd con... Lorian and Charlie Crook and Chase. Said, we need to go cover Buck Owens' birthday party in Bakersfield, Obviously. and 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 went every, every year to do that. <laughs> I know, and I did every year. And finally, uh, shortly before he died, his um, his manager goes, uh, "Stormy, do you have a camera?" And I'm like, "Why?" Because Buck wants to do that interview. And I'm like, "What?" I'm not ready for this interview. Because well, you better be. Because you got about a half hour.
1: Well, you had your whole life to prepare. So I guess it, it was spontaneous. It, it,
0: it, it went from a really well-prepared, in-depth life assessment to a conversation with a guy on the, towards the end of his life.
1: So it was probably better. You it, didn't it was, have time. it was
0: a much better conversation. And my favorite quote from that interview is, I asked Bach, I said, are you afraid to die? And he goes, no. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of not being around. And I just thought it was so cool to say that he the exactly. ultimate FOMO
1: of missing out. He didn't live he love he, life. Loved,
0: loved life, and he didn't want to miss anything. And so yeah. he was not afraid of dying. He was fully at peace with dying, and he knew he was dying. But he was really bummed out that he was going to miss some stuff.
1: How cool, though, to get to your, the end of your life, though, and still be loving it so much.
0: God, that's... And what a he, goal. And he had some big setbacks and letdowns and all this stuff, but he always found a way to turn it around. That's and, and, the key. That's the, the key. greatness. All right, you ready for the pendulum theory?
1: Yes! Okay,
0: come on. Pendulum theory, roll with me.
1: I'm ready. I'm rolling. So life
0: is like a ticking clock. Totally. Toosh, toosh, toosh. It only works when it's swinging back and forth, right? Yes. So if it sticks up here, if everything's good all the time, time doesn't move. And if it sticks over here, where everything's bad, time doesn't move. You gotta swing through both. And that's the only way. But the positivity and the outlook on life comes from how you approach the downswing. Yes. When you know, not to say you expect it or you hope it's coming, it's how you address it when the downside does come. And to yes. know that with it will come the up. The up and so it's just the approach you do, and I call it just swing through it.
1: Just swing through it. Just story. swing through Your
0: arms up in the air like a roller coaster, and just like, oh, Enjoy this is going to suck.
1: This is going to suck, but let's go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, and when you get to those, like, the low sparks, you can feel it, and, like, I just came out of one, and it's it- like... Oh, Ugh. This is exhausting. I know. And you know you're in it, but, but then when you the, know the other. Side's you know what's coming, coming.
0: You just got to. You just got to swing through it.
1: So many people though, they get stuck in that first one. Yeah. Because it like once you start doing it more, it gets a lot easier, and you get sure. prepared to like. That's swing. it. It's an
0: exercise like it's anything so else.
1: It. But the first time you get stuck in it, you think your life's over.
0: Oh, you can't see. You can't see two feet in front of your no, face.
1: Everything's like done.
0: Right, and you can't get out of it. Exactly. So you've got to be able to focus on the horizon when it goes with everything else we're talking about, about just believing and seeing stuff that isn't there.
1: Yes. Stormy. No,
0: you've got it. You've got it.
1: I'm just getting better at it. I turned 33 this weekend.
0: That was one of my favorite birthdays ever. 33.
1: 33.
0: 33. 33. Oh, 33. Yeah. Okay, see this, you can't see this on the camera, but the Batman building is right over the camera's shoulder. Uh and on the 33rd floor, mm-hmm. uh, 3.33 p.m. on 03.03.03, 03, 03, I turned 33.
1: Stop it.
0: Yeah. That and, and I I lifestyle. And I did three shots of tequila on the, so it was the rule of threes.
1: Oh my, God. and tell me about your 33rd birthday.
0: That was, it was just a real big fun day of just, it, it was 30 free.
1: Was it a good year? Yeah,
0: it was a great year. Odd years are always fantastic years. They are? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> even years are, eh, odd years are always fantastic. Even more stale. I think so. An odd is it's odd. It's a box. Okay. Yeah, ex- that's it. An odd is odd.
1: Odd is odd, which we had like, at. Yeah, it's
0: unexpected, but all the good things of my life have happened on odd years.
1: <gasps> great.
0: And not to say that I've had devastating years on even that's years, boring, but the memorable yes. moments have all happened on odd years. How old are you now? I'm 46.
1: Okay, so you're about to have a great year. You're about about to have a great year. I'm 47. about to have seven. I
0: know. It's going to be good. <gasps> wow. Which you add them together, and they're ones, and ones are really cool.
1: So do you study numbers and stuff? I
0: do. It, I'm not like a numerologist, but I, I've seen trends.
1: Okay, so talk to me about that.
0: Just when things are, you know, different, numbers have different meanings. And not necessarily like in a definition of a numerology book, this means this. I just know when I recognize numbers in a pattern that it means something. So like ones are always, to me, say that I'm pointed in the right direction. Okay. And not necessarily in the way you think. It's just, it goes with looking beyond that two feet in front of your face. You think, oh, wow, this is exactly where I need to be. And there, little do you know, there's like seven different other steps you're going to take, but you're still on the right path.
1: So do you trust in the mystery of it all?
0: Yeah. I, God, life's a mystery, isn't it? Like,
1: do you set kind of goals, but then like you, you're working towards something, but then you're kind of expecting whatever?
0: Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm a very goal-oriented person. I think
1: Obviously. You've accomplished so much, and, which we're going to get into. And, and I
0: hate when you reach a goal.
1: Okay, tell me that because I don't like reaching goals. Because you like the journey, and I the love process the, and the getting a, drive. Reaching
0: a goal has never been satisfying.
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, number I'm one processing and processing. Because
0: number one, I've enjoyed the journey so much that I immediately am looking to set the new goal.
1: Because you don't want to just stay there. You've no. got to have something to work. And there's on.
0: nothing. And it's never what you think it's going to feel like when you get there.
1: So what does it normally feel like?
0: Uh, it just feels like another day. It feels like it's okay. It's like if you win an award or you reach a milestone or a new contract or you uh, interview somebody that you've always wanted to interview, by the end of it, you're going, yeah, okay, Now what's next.
1: Yeah. Like I, you get I'm, it. I'm really
0: bad about appreciating now. I'm okay. really bad at that.
1: Okay, because you're always thinking about the next thing.
0: Or, or looking back, and I've stopped that. Okay. Looking back is something that takes up way too much time, too. It's, so looking for it is much more beneficial. But I'm getting better. That's what going out and hugging the tree does. You appreciate the now. <laughs> Do you
1: really hug the tree? Yes. Like you hug it? Absolutely. Do you feel energy from the tree?
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. There's a tree called the lodgepole pine out in the uh, Sierras. Okay. And it actually smells like maple syrup. Okay. And so it's got real thick bark. And when you actually get real close to it, it smells like vanilla maple syrup. Oh, my gosh. And you just sit there and just go, oh, it's the greatest and thing in just, the world. And you just like, you, you totally that. connect. Yeah, everybody always thought it was a metaphor. I'm like, no, I go out and hug a you freaking really tree. You really do hug the trees.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna actually try that. You should,
0: and you're gonna go, wow, that's pretty good.
1: Do you have a certain tree? Uh, any
0: tree, okay. as long as it's connected to the ground and the okay. earth. And
1: okay, okay. So you started off at 16, you moved from Tulsa to California, mm-hmm. and you worked at LA in LA's Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio. Like I, I thought am. that was just a movie. I didn't realize it was a real thing. Yeah, pirate
0: Radio is based on the old uh, pirate uh radio stations that were off the fcc grid back in the 70s and they broadcast in the in the shores of uh, new york and off long island and some off the coast of california so like but not many
1: crazy radio and you had a quote though that i have to say you said this had the biggest impact on your career because you learned how to deal with egos liars corporate bs and the pitfalls of celebrity all as a peon who rarely got airtime and it was expe- it was spectacular yeah so talk to me about that like What are the pitfalls of celebrities? What did you learn about egos, and how did you get involved with this? I need uh, details.
0: Along with being a positive person, uh, what goes along with that as a companion is idealism, where I just have an idealistic view of how things should be. Okay. And oftentimes it's not that way. Mm -hmm. So my first experience with radio was with a fantastic program director in Tulsa named Mel Myers, who gave a 13-year-old kid a shot. Yeah. And he shouldn't have done that. But he did, because he saw something. 13? Yeah, because someone gave him a shot at around the same age. How did you and even so, know you
1: wanted to do it at 13? I
0: took a field trip to a radio station in seventh grade. And it was love? Yeah. It, like was, it just, was
1: instant love. It's
0: like pulling the curtain back on Oz. Did I you want to went... be
1: behind the microphone? Absolutely. Because you did a lot of other things before yeah. you got to the microphone. Yeah. which You were yeah. like a broadcast assistant, even a cameraman. Absolutely. Your stage manager, assistant, mm-hmm. technical director, and a segment producer. Yeah. All before you really got your big break behind yeah. the microphone and camera. Right. Yeah.
0: So, That's one of the greatest gifts was having to experience it all because it gives you appreciation for every part of the business. And from uh, focusing a camera like you're doing it all.
1: I'm not doing a great job with the camera. (laughs) (laughs) It's very automatic.
0: But it's (laughs) it, it, it really is. It teaches you to appreciate all aspects of it. And because of that, you do your job better behind a microphone if you know everything that's going into it.
1: So you got your shot at 13. Mm hmm. And this guy obviously, yeah,
0: he um he he gave me a shot. Uh, he would critique my stupid little air checks that so I would he'd do. He time on you, yeah, but he didn't for weeks and weeks. And I got so depressed, I would make these little practice tapes, back on reel to reel. Yeah. And I would set them on his desk. And when I set them on his desk, I expected a response, and none came. But I each week when I'm going on weekends, I would make a new tape and See put it on his hustler. desk. And then finally, one came back with a two-page handwritten note with critiques, and he ripped me to shreds. Just. Tore me up, basically saying, "What the heck do you think you're doing? You're horrible at this, you know." But try again next week and see if you follow these simple tips. And so I did. And the next week, another critique came. And the next week, another critique. But they came.
1: getting shorter and shorter? Shorter and
0: shorter. And work on this. You're still doing this. And finally, about six months later, he goes, "I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm giving you your own weekend show." Those at fourteen.
1: But he also realized you wanted it. you know. Yeah, like not well, everyone has that kind of initiative. Well, I,
0: I, I would go after football practice still in my pads and ride my bicycle to the radio station. And right after the football practice, I'd just go camp out like a stray dog.
1: You just wanted to be in there.
0: And when I moved to L.A., I went, took like 90 steps backwards because my guru and my my guide didn't travel with me. Mel? Yeah. And so I was there in Ventura, California going uh, – but I had my own show. For, for, for,
1: and everyone's like, we don't care. Yeah, we How don't do care. Welcome to the big Guess leads. what? Go back
0: and answer phone phone lines again. So you had to
1: start back over. Mm-hmm. So you kind of made it. You made your way up in Ventura. Yeah. And then you moved to Hollywood, and no one gave two rats asses. No,
0: no. So I knocked on the door of Pirate Radio and said, please, can I come in? And they're like, yeah, you can answer request lines again. You know, But that's where I learned Scott Shannon. God, I'm sweating.
1: <laughs> all the memories. I, I
0: know, exactly. Um, so, Scott Shannon, who to me is one of the most powerful and greatest examples of, of hustle in all of radio, he was running that channel and he was scary. Okay.
1: He well, was intimidating. He was not just no. No fluff.
0: BS, no fluff. This was corporate. This was high pressure radio, which like don't I'd never mess seen. It yeah. It, 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 I mean, a syllable delivered the wrong way. What? Yes. he
1: had, um, He critiqued your talking? Everything. Everything. I have learned talking voice is important. My voice is too high pitched, but I can't get it lower.
0: It's all right. Then embrace what you have.
1: That's what I have just decided to do. That's
0: <laughs> it's great.
1: So how did he do the Cuz people
0: can see through that by the way. If you're trying too hard to hide who your real voice is, then yeah. people can see right through that.
1: How did he So what how would he critique syllables? Does that take away the heart?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it, he also taught you how to be really good. And and which obviously didn't stick. But um <laughs> but and I was just kind of a peripheral Player at Pirate Radio. I wasn't a Whitney Allen. I mean, Whitney Allen, who's a country DJ now, mm-hmm. she was in the crosshairs of Scott Shannon's focus. And I watched the DJs go through this. And there was a big Watusi and Batman Gomez and Cadillac Jack and all these guys that I just really looked up to and watched how they dealt and sometimes didn't deal real well with the critique and the bullseye and the focus and the energy. And uh, I learned a lot from that. And that's what kind of – go with the flow mentality and adapt. Don't and think,
1: take things too personally? Don't.
0: You never take anything personally. Because it's not
1: about you. It's not
0: about you. It's about the product. And it's they just want a better product.
1: So what did you – what tips did you take from Mel? And what tips did you take from Shannon? Because it sounds like you have two different two things different going ones. on here.
0: Mel, Mel taught me to not play by the rules. Scott Shannon said, but you've got to play by the rules.
1: Okay. That's so interesting. So, you got both those uh, – it's, it's different in Scott,
0: Scott had a, an illusion, uh, and he wanted from his his people, too. He goes, make it look like it's completely chaotic, but it has to be behind the scenes. It has to be completely buttoned up. Okay. It's got to be just perfection chaos. How do so you, how
1: do you per- get perfection chaos? It, you
0: plan it out. So your chaos looks... Like it's absolutely spontaneous when actually you've spent a lot of time planning out your chaos.
1: So, what would be a planned chaos?
0: Um, just a, like they re- launched the whole radio station like they were on a barge off of the shore of Catalina Island. Okay. And they, they coo, coo, coo. this is pirate radio. Is this on? Of course it was on. They were out of the multi million dollar studio in downtown LA. Oh. But they made it appear like they were just this ramshackle group of misfits so you're starting. In a way. Exactly. And it was just theater of the mind. So, I learned that from Scott. There's a lot do, you, to do, do
1: you still apply that into your life
0: now? I do. Not as much because I'm not <laughs> one of those guys. I'm not uh, much to the chagrin of my boss and, and, and bosses over the years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be anybody else but me. And I can't be. And I'm not comfortable if I'm trying to be someone else. And mm-hmm. if it looks planned or faked, I feel it and I don't feel right about it. Totally. I, and it's about – I say that I don't appreciate the moment, but I live in the moment as far as what I do for a job. So I don't, you
1: do appreciate the moment it, do, when you're in – Radio? The
0: electricity of it, yes. The electricity of the unknown, and so you open up that mic and go, "Well, this is going to either hurt or it's going to be really good." Yeah. And most of the time, it really hurts. But.
1: <laughs> so you mainly, so you 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 probably gravitate more with Mel's advice from your yeah, original.
0: absolutely, because it was the first impression. But yes,
1: he shaped you. Yeah,
0: absolutely, totally, and he came by Nashville not too long ago, uh, swinging through just on a. Cross country tour, and we hadn't seen each other. And
1: he has to be so proud. Of yeah,
0: it's like it's close to thirty years, I guess. And he's a
1: huge influence in your life.
0: Massive. Without him, I would be not doing anything like this.
1: Isn't that crazy? How one one person, person and shaped I teach your whole life.
0: Uh, you have idols. You have people you totally. look up to, um, and they're so important to all of us. Mm-hmm. And I really think that um, I'm a big believer in mentors, and we all are in doing something in our life because someone inspired us to do it. Totally. And 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 I've I've talked to some people and I have friends who say, oh, I don't have those people. I just do my own thing. I said, Well, you're lying to yourself because someone pointed you in that direction, mm-hmm. whether it was your father, whether it was your mother, whether it was a best friend, a teacher, a coach, yeah. somebody patted you along the way or affected you in a negative way that you're trying to overcome. Absolutely. So mentor can be a you know a reverse energy too.
1: That's crazy. Okay, so you go through all of this training camp. You got your first big break when you Met up with how'd you meet up with Jim Owens and tell me about. CNN, uh, it goes back TNN. to the country
0: roots. I was in uh, L.A. This okay. is interesting. Um, I was in L.A. working for CNN and pirate radio and going to school at the same time.
1: So was CNN Entertainment or was it like? It, it news, was Entertainment
0: news? Showbiz Today. Showbiz Today, and uh, which became Showbiz Tonight later. But Showbiz Today, Bella Shaw and Lauren Sydney, and that's kind and of it. a
1: huge. Uh, job. It was great? You Not your first one, right?
0: Well, I was working on the technical side at first, okay. and then worked my way up to becoming a segment producer. And the only way I could do that is by going out and doing a story, just okay. like you doing these podcasts. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what they instructed me to do. They said, "Go find a subject. We'll give you a cameraman and an editor, and if we like the story, we're going to air it.
1: Okay,
0: and give you a chance to do another one. And if we like that one, we'll, we'll do you. Uh, we'll work you on a freelance basis. And then that worked. Okay. So, and my first one was. The first album I ever bought was Charlie Daniels.
1: I know. I wanted to talk to you about that because he's well, like super influential in your life.
0: Yeah, in fact, I gave <clears> a speech <throat> at a Lifetime Achievement Award for him. Um, I was the surprise speaker for Charlie. Wow! And which was one of the biggest Do you honors. Your life is so connected no, with this. No, it's so cool. Um, but How the, does that happen? The whole, the whole line in the speech was: <coughs> Throughout my whole life, there's always been Charlie Daniels. From the very first album I bought to every milestone in my career, there is always been charlie daniels was
1: he just a soundtrack to your life
0: yeah yeah i Did mean uh, gravitate it, towards his music? stories he, he's the ultimate storyteller and uh, you're the
1: ultimate host so of course you like a storyteller I,
0: I he i could lose myself in his music i was mm. movies would start playing in my head when you'd pop up uh, pop on a uh, charlie daniels record and i really yeah so he took me places you know imagination and everything is just he, he, always characters that would pop up in his music and I just thought he was a character, bigger than life—the big hat, the beard, yeah. the fiddle. I mean, he was just a—he was like a superhero mm-hmm. almost. And so I figured, if I'm going to get one shot at interviewing somebody, why not interview my childhood idol? Yeah. And still, was my idol. And did so, you
1: think that you're going to be able to lock him down? No,
0: no. In <laughs> fact, I didn't even know how to reach him, but that was part of the test. It was like,
1: so you're like excited about this? There
0: was a phone number on the back of one of his albums to his management company. Stop. It in, was that easy in Mount Juliet, Tennessee? And so I called and talked to Paula Zygus, who's been his publicist for 40 plus years still. Wow. And she goes, Oh, CNN, yeah, well, yeah, we'd love to talk to CNN. And you're like,
1: Yeah, I'm with CNN.
0: What? yes, I am the <laughs> first day on the job. Why, yes, I am. I am with CNN. Thank you for noticing It's not, I'm going, Oh my god. Um, so it's, not, it's there's funny stories, that um, but it went. To the uh, crazy horse in Santa Ale- Santa Ana, California. Mm-hmm. Fred Reiser, uh, amazing guy. Uh, great country dance hall in Santa Ana. And there I interviewed Charlie Daniels for the very first time. What I, did you ask him? I, I was walked up onto his bus. He wasn't on the bus yet. And then the door opened and I saw the hat come in first. Stop. And then the beard. And then he comes up, Hello, son. And just bellowing. And I just went. <sighs> and it was the world's worst interview. Like, say.
1: <laughs> What's it? You're
0: Charlie Daniels, okay? Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm Here's ready. my. So Charlie, <laughs> you play a really good fiddle, right? <laughs> hey, but he would answer the questions like Dan Rather was asking the most, in or like you would be asking these questions, very, very thoughtful, very thought out. But I was asking the worst questions you could possibly ever ask, and he answered them giving me what he needed and what I needed.
1: He's just a pro.
0: Just a pro. So he put a smile on his face, everything. So a year later, he comes back through L.A., and I get him back on CNN. And he was appreciative. And this time he goes, "Uh, son, let's take a walk. I'm
1: like, okay.
0: Okay. Uh, So we walk into the break room, and he puts his arm around me. And he goes, looking over the skyline of L.A., and he goes, son, I've seen this town chew people up and spit them out. He goes, I've been coming here for 40 years. He goes, this town does not need you. He goes, and you don't need this town. He goes, it's unnecessary. Nashville needs you. Come to Nashville. And I said, oh, my God, but that's like Oz. I mean, that's like the, the Emerald City. The, 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 to Charlie Nashville.
1: Daniels felt called to tell you that. He could have never said that. That's just a no, and this conversation. Was, this was in the
0: break room of CNN with his arm wow. around, over my shoulder. And he goes, if you need any help getting to Nashville, let me know. And I'm like, uh, what? okay. So I took that as a huge sign. And Crook and Chase, I watched them after school. I would come after college classes. I would race home and watch Ralph Emery and on Nashville Now and the Crook and Chase show. And I was obsessed. Because it was country music, it was entertainment yeah. news, and it was in this m- magical town called Nashville, which didn't really even exist in my head, just yeah. like so many other things in my life. It was like just these goals and dreams and magical places that, you know, just kind of existed in its own little private universe.
1: Absolutely. So it to- wasn't real. No,
0: it wasn't. But I packed up my truck two weeks later and drove and out. And
1: you left CNN?
0: I love CNN. Did you
1: have a job lined up no. or anything? I
0: called Crook and Chase. I said, I'm coming out. Can you give me a freelance work? I work at CNN. And they went, oh, really? So
1: you didn't know yeah. them either? Mm-hmm. You just cold call? hmm Isn't that crazy?
0: And they were stupid enough to give me a freelance job out so here.
1: So le- you started working the Crook and Chase. Who you grew up idolizing. Yeah. After Charlie Daniels told you to yeah. leave CNN and move to mm-hmm. Nashville. After Mel Myers,
0: there. when I was 13 years old, gave me a shot on radio.
1: Can you believe life?
0: Yeah. Anybody who says they do this on their own is lying.
1: But you also have to be brave.
0: You do. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can do yourself to make it, but you have to see the signs and see the steps. Yeah. You know, in Indiana Jones, when he's walking along the path with the rocks and they fall through, it's knowing which rocks to step on and and to find the right path.
1: Have you learned to really trust your intuition?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge, valuable tool. Uh, And the most hysterical thing about life is uh, we all do it. Even though your intuition says walk one way, you'll take another turn and then get hit smack in the nose and go, you knew better than that. that It's like, you knew better than that. What are you doing? You're an idiot. And, And, but you have only yourself to blame in that because inside you knew the right way.
1: It's true. Sometimes it takes just a little longer for others to learn to trust their intuition.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And it, it, it's true, but it's really accurate. I, I mean, have
1: realized now the times I haven't trusted my intuition and things have been so hard. Oh. It wasn't supposed to be. It's
0: If you do the right thing, good things are going to happen. Yeah. It's, and it's a really hard lesson to learn.
1: And it, if you follow your passion... Did, it's going to work out because you're put here on earth to do your passion. So yes! you're going to end up somewhere you're supposed but to. But it's
0: acknowledging what that passion is. It
1: takes, sometimes you have to figure it out. Yeah.
0: Sometimes you miss it completely. and
1: Yeah. Sometimes it, uh, people are too scared to dig it up.
0: That's it. and mm-hmm. and, and Or you just think you, you, you've you talked yourself into thinking one direction is your passion when you realize it's always been over here.
1: And did you always know your passion? I did. I feel like that is the luckiest thing. I've interviewed a lot of people because a lot of artists and a lot of mm-hmm. creatives and so many of them have known their passion from the beginning. Yeah. That's such a blessing. I don't
0: know what, what come, where that comes from, but I mean, I listened to a radio underneath my pillow.
1: Oh, uh, I know. I have that quote. <laughs> you said, from an early age, I was a radio junkie. I remember yeah. many long nights as a kid spent with my head pressed against the speaker of my radio clock just waiting to hear what the DJ had to say. I always loved yeah. the magic of radio.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely so true. you
1: literally would sleep with your head against the radio? And I
0: would suffer through the music to get to the guy talking or Did the girl talking. Did you to study him? Yeah, just because um, whatever was coming out of his mouth meant something important, and so I wanted to hear what it was, whether it was news, whether information about the artist I just heard, something about my community, it, it, something magical was going to be said that I was going to he, – he was my friend in the speaker. You know, he was to you? yes, he was my friend in the speaker, and I learned, you know, great music that way too. I mean, I'd, I'd stay up till two, three in the morning just waiting to hear the gambler and roll on 18 wheeler from Alabama and Kenny Rogers. Wow. And, and then it was like, okay, cool. If I heard one of those two songs, I could go to bed and then You'd stay up then. and tell me and listen to the guy in between. You know, kind of just getting through the music I
1: love how passionate you've been about this
0: I it's I don't know what it, what it is But it just has always been there since I was a kid It's just the magic of music and radio And, and, and the whole combination of it all And music really is the root of it I'm, I'm brushing by the music side But I mean, it's I'm such a fan And you're a of, country music, music fan Yeah, huge country music fan I'm Wait. a huge music fan I'm a songwriters fan I I, I love the creative process um, People say, why do you do what you do? I say, this is as close as I can get to music Without knowing anything about it <laughs> 'Cause I can't, you
1: know everything about it.
0: But I can't write a note, mm-hmm. I can't play an instrument, I can't sing a tune, uh, but I am the biggest fan of music. And so I, oh. I, I just love being around it. And that's why being in Nashville it was just like <gasps> I mean, everywhere you look, there's talent and there's energy. I mean, you you feel it. I mean, there's there's a cosmic force in this town that it you is positive here. It is positive, and it's as fast as we're growing, as fast as we're evolving, and everybody's trying to get down on the 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 sterilization and homogenization of Nashville, and it's losing its identity. You can't rip away its energy. Mm-mm. You can't, and it's still here. It's not going anywhere.
1: I agree. Yeah, and I think that in Nashville, I've sort of noticed people are competitive but not with each other it's more themselves like i feel like everyone here is chasing their own personal dream and they're not trying to knock someone else out along the way
0: not that you know for the most
1: part (laughs) i mean maybe people set goals and like okay i want to reach this goal but like i don't think anyone's trying to like sideswip it's
0: friendly competition yes it's friendly it's still competition yeah Uh, you know don't don't mistake that i mean there's still very much a competitive spirit in this town right but we're, you're not trying to shred somebody down no. to, to to make it further. You don't it, want to
1: ruin someone's life. No,
0: no. Yeah. And again, it goes back to the negative energy. Why? Mm-hmm. I know too many people in other aspects of the world or, or, or just friends or whatever that spend so much time hating on stuff.
1: And that just takes away from them progressing in their own they, life.
0: They have all that energy that they could use. Right. It, it, you look at Facebook, you look at social media, and you look it's at... too much. The amount of time wasted hating people you don't even know.
1: What's the point? I
0: don't understand it.
1: I know. It's just draining you from progressing.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a whole other topic, but while we're on it, it's like uh, I have a producer for the radio show, and when she first started, she was getting some not-so-nice comments. And she was like, well, how do you take this? I said, they don't hate you. They don't even know you. Yeah. They hate themselves. True, and it's like they they have a big hole in their soul that they're trying to fill up with negative energy, going outward.
1: If you're able to put out all that negative energy, you have to be unhappy inside. That's it.
0: That's it. You're reaching out for something that it's good. You're, you instead of trying to fill that hole in your own yeah. soul, you're depending on you're other trying people. To shoot out negative energy. Yeah. Other
1: people to see if they can take it away. That's from it. You, but really, they're just spreading.
0: That's it. Just spreads like wildfire. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a plague, and it it's is. unnecessary. I mean, you're changing it though. Well, you know what? It, and and puts me in the bullseye at the same time, which I don't care. Yeah, you know it's that's like I said they they don't hate me they don't know me.
1: Yeah,
0: and if they do hate me, fine. Right. It's like my job is not to please everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. It's okay, and I I I like it. I mean, I love the I love just connecting with people, good, bad, or ugly. I mean, I think eventually you you, you make enough difference along the way that all the negative stuff just slides off. I love
1: that. Okay, so you're now you freelance. You're here. You mm-hmm. call up Crook and Chase, and you're like, uh, I oh, work at yeah. CMM. Come hire me. So now you're working at as a freelancer for Crook and Chase, does that yeah. lead into hosting at TNN, which later goes to GAC? Mm-hmm. So explain to me that yeah. journey because I have to tell you something. Yes, I grew up watching you on GAC. That's scary. Not like I was like in high school, in college, yeah. and when I met you for the first time, I was super starstruck. We I were in never... Key West. I will never forget. We were when sitting I met on
0: the edge of a pool at Key West, <laughs> right? The Songwriter Festival. Yes, at the believe... Reach Resort. I remember the place. I
1: couldn't remember. I couldn't believe that I met you because, like, to me, you yeah. were like Oz. Because you were Stormy Warren on GAC, you were very sweet. But that's how I felt, you know. Because GAC yeah. was how you got GAC mm-hmm. and CMT is how you got your country music videos, right. and you were the face of GAC, that's like funny. the face of all of GAC.
0: It was a great. great when I game. met you,
1: I was like, oh my god, Stormy Warren's talking to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> and now that's I'm really interviewing funny. you.
0: And uh, I, somebody asked me the other day. I said, uh, God, what, what do you think? You know, do you, do you, are you a star? Do you, are you in the public? I've never, ever, ever thought that way. I've, that has never been my job.
1: That's another piece of advice you told me. You said always, always make it about the artist. Even if that's they try it. to bring it around to you, always bring it back to them.
0: Always bring it back to the artist. that it's, at national it's Dance it's Never about. That's why this is so awkward for me to be on this side <laughs> of this because it's a, it, my job is to find out what you makes you tick and, and why you do what you do and that's and to be that link between the audience and the subject mm-hmm. you're talking to or the music you're trying to talk about. It's it's the connection yeah. and I, I'm, I've always said I'm just a, a traffic cop. Between the, <laughs> between the music and the and – whether it's on stage at festivals. Yeah. You know, oh, so you're a festival MC? I said, no, I'm a traffic cop. Yeah. Just trying to get from point A to point B and, and fill the audience in on whatever we can in the, in the time. There's a definite difference for people who come into this business looking for the fame and, and the spotlight and those who are looking at it because they are passionate about what's, the music. What's the difference? You can see it. I think if you look at people who do it, you can see the difference.
1: What does, the, what does it look like?
0: It's a much more of a me attitude instead of a you attitude. Uh-huh. And, it's, and I, I, it makes me bristle sometimes. I mean, to each his own. Everybody's in this right. for, the, for whatever reasons. But I remember Jeffrey Steele, the songwriter. Oh, he's in a- He uh, He tells songwriters and anybody who comes to town, he goes, if you're coming to Nashville to become famous, turn around, pack up, and go home. If you're, turn, if you're coming to Nashville because you're passionate about music and passionate about the art form, welcome to town. I love that. And I think that's a really good piece of advice because fame is so shallow.
1: Fame is so shallow. And
0: again, um, I, there's a philosophy I have called chasing ghosts. Okay. And I think anybody who's chasing fame and chasing that little dangling carrot out there is either running away from something or running to something and they're never going to get it or run away from it. Because they're they're just—they will never be satisfied enough. They will never because it's what goes back to the whole—the hole in the Mm soul—and it's just so many of the most successful people we have in this business suffer from that. And I—and I believe you could tell that to their face, and they would go, "Yep, yep,
1: yeah, totally,
0: (laughs) absolutely." I
1: agree with that because they're trying—they're thinking that you get all this validation from people, it'll fill something in your heart, but.
0: And in a way, I think we all do it. We're not in this business without having a piece of that. Of
1: course. It's,
0: so I'm not saying oh, I'm better than everybody. No, we all have it, it to some drive. degree. It doesn't. But it goes back to not enjoying reaching goals, because it's that whole thing. It's like I'm never going to get there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're never going to get there. Every you know, each time you think, oh, there's there's it
1: is. You know, then you know, that's the Holy Grail. Oh grill. wow,
0: it's a mile ahead again. Yeah. You know, and then off you go. And so- that's. It's what fun. was it
1: like when you achieved this goal, though, of being a host on TNN and being the face of GAC? Because that's a huge gig. It was... from your 14-year-old self that started at you yeah. know with back in Ventura or wherever it was.
0: It, it it went from looking at somebody on television and saying, "Oh my gosh, I want to do that," to. And realizing it's not that big of a deal, how it's just, mm-hmm. it's just another gig. You're just yeah. happen to do it. I, I was just, again, a conduit between the artist and the audience. Being on television, I'd never really wanted to be on TV. Well,
1: with that face, you should have been I, on no, TV. No,
0: i never wanted to be on TV. And I, radio was always my one thing, because you could kind of just slide off into the shadows and just kind of do your job. And and, and TV was, just kind of came by default, almost. Okay. Like Crooked Chase, I just was a segment producer behind the scenes. And they're like, well, we need somebody on air. I'm like, okay oh
1: my gosh there's yeah happened just accidentally accidentally
0: away. and then once um tnn went away because uh, they got bought out yeah. and and there's a little gap and we decided to start our own country music news show called gosh what was it country music across america at the time when we first started on T A C and they're like well i, I said who are we going to get as a host and they're like well why don't you just do it i'm like well, that's cheaper <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we own the production company, but it, and, and people are going, oh, yeah, right. No, it's absolutely true. I, I became the host of that show, not out of a desire to be a host of a show, but just because it was by default.
1: And you knew what you're doing. You knew what you wanted to get.
0: Right. Stevie Nicks and uh, Phil Collins, especially Phil Collins, I, I identify a lot with him because he was the drummer for a group called Genesis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were auditioning for lead singers. And he kept going up and having to tell the uh, people auditioning how to sing the Genesis music, till finally somebody goes, "Phil, why don't you just do it?" And he's like, "What? I'm not." Co-. And the rest is history. Stevie
1: Nicks also. I,
0: I believe that's. I'm probably wrong on that one, but I know Phil Collins. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so it
1: sort of. Ha- but don't you feel like the greatest things in life sort of happen naturally? Yes,
0: if you allow it. If you allow it and embrace it and don't say, no, that's not the direction I was supposed to go. Yeah. So what? Take it.
1: Right. If it feels right. What is
0: the worst thing that's going to happen? You end up in a dead end and go, oh, dang it. And then you turn around and go back and try another avenue. It it doesn't kill you.
1: And I think once you learn how, if something doesn't work out, you have the energy. You know you can do it. You know you can get a new path. Right. It's just knowing that if one thing doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world.
0: No. And it's, it, uh, we have a new boss here at SiriusXM, and he came in and he goes, so tell me your philosophy. I said, well, I fly without a net. I'm not afraid to hit my face on the ground, and uh, hopefully you don't mind that because <laughs> I'll get up, dust off, and, and try something else. And, and if it doesn't work, we'll try something else. And Then if it works, wow, that was cool.
1: Awesome. And that's
0: fun, but it's not, it's not killing yourself over the mistakes. The mistakes build us.
1: I agree. Every I agree. Failure,
0: I've made a lot of them. And but uh, I not mean, a lot of really
1: mistakes. Like I don't really view that stuff as failures because I think it gives you two. such a exactly what you said a building block. Yeah, and I, I look back on my twenties and like my mistakes, and I I love them. <laughs> I so
0: I embrace every bit of it. And there's a lot of people uh, looking at my past and history will go, hey, "Really, you, you you have no problem with that?" I said, "No, I don't," because it was. The stuff I learned is going to make for such a better life down the road. Absolutely. Than had I never learned those mis- from those mistakes, and I, and I think everybody has to. The problem is when people don't learn from them.
1: Ugh. Right.
0: And keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over. I mean, and and awesome. I usually have to make the same mistake at least three times before I learn. Yeah,
1: okay, that's fair. That's a good yeah. number. Three yeah. is good. Three is a. By the third time, you're like, okay, I've been here before. I <laughs> yeah. don't want to be here again. <laughs> third this third is time. too like, familiar.
0: <laughs> just, what is it? Uh, you fooled me once. Shame on you, Fool me twice. Shame on me. <laughs> you
1: fooled <laughs> me three times. Okay, I'm an idiot. Let's yeah, <laughs>
0: Just don't go f- go fooling yourself again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's really an interesting way to go, but I don't mind it. I love every aspect of life in that sense.
1: So do you prefer hosting on camera, hosting on radio? Because now you're hosting on the highway, Sirius yeah. X. Is it highway? The, the highway. highway. Sirius mm-hmm. X. And you have the Stormy Warren show. The morning show, yeah. And you interview everyone mm-hmm. under the sun. So tell me the difference between hosting on TV and hosting on radio and what you prefer.
0: Television, uh, unfortunately, creates a, a wall that is really hard to get past. Um, especially okay. in an interview situation, um, there's always a little bit of you or of your subject that is thinking about that third eye that's watching you. Oh, okay. And you know, it's not just the connection between you and I, there's this other thing that is. Okay. It, it takes some of the energy away from okay. the from the conversation, and that's why I think radio it, it breaks down that wall, and you can actually have just a so wide people forget open. Other
1: people are
0: listening. Yeah, p- yeah. Forget other people are listening. It's direct eye contact without thinking. We'll be back after this. See ya. Yeah, right. And, and always having to have that in the back of your mm-hmm. head, but uh, I, I love it so much more. You I love mean, radio, so much radio more. so much more. Really? Yeah. It's your heart. And the, and the thing I like probably as much as radio is live event hosting. Like okay. a, like on the big stage in front of a ton of people, and I, that's to me like.
1: Okay, can I ask you a question about that? Mm-hmm. How do you kill time? Like when you have when you're hosting a live event and you have space out there, mm-hmm. you're supposed to like talk to the audience for a. While, what do you talk about?
0: Whatever comes to mind.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, and it's it's the the audience will give it to you. Really. Yeah, my my biggest this to me kills the connection between. An audience and a totally. crowd. We've talked about this, yeah. And it's like if you can, if you can put those note cards away and just know enough about what you need to get to and 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 share, the connection between you and the audience is so much better because okay. you're actually looking in the eyes of them. You're not worried about the wording and what else do I have to get to just and points in your head. And and you have already lost that connection with the people. They don't care if you don't care because oh. because if you're looking at the cards, you don't know the stuff. Well enough to. Why should I be listening to you if if totally totally and if you, you,
1: so? It, when you're live, you use no. Do you ever use cards?
0: Mm-mm.
1: Oh gosh, my memory's so bad.
0: No, you could do it. You it's, think I could do it yes. without this? I mean, you I could, haven't
1: really needed it, but I just you, like it. I,
0: I, you've looked at this once, and that was just to do a direct quote. You could do the rest of this interview without that.
1: Okay, all right. You can. I mean, I, I'm sure I could.
0: And it's more fun. Trust me.
1: So when you're going out there, you. Yeah. You'll just kind of talk. What if you have to remember certain things like sponsors? Well, I mean, stuff? if
0: you have a list of sponsors, there's okay. no way around that. Okay, okay. Because you have to be respectful of the sponsors. You don't want to leave one out, so you have to make sure. And I hate that because it's like a crutch. It's like, I wish I could memorize them all. Right. But. Other than that, it's, you try to avoid any notes at all. And then the most spontaneous things happen. It goes back to ab- opening up and embracing the unknown. Right. And someone could look at you and mouth something to you in that crowd that creates a whole dialogue, which creates a whole thing that takes over that break that you need to fill, which you were going to fill up just by reading mindless stuff on notes cards. Totally. Instead, you have this connection with an audience that's not just this one person, but now the entire audience. Whether it's 20 people or 100,000 people are invested in what's going on between you and somebody else. Do you look audience?
1: for someone in the audience all the, to all the time? With all the time. All the time. Okay, what if they just don't get, what if they give you a short thing, but it doesn't carry on into like a conversation? You move on. You just move you, on to someone on. else. Yeah. Like, do you have any go-to questions you might ask someone? There
0: might be a few little things, you know, but it's not even asking. It's just about soaking in like a sponge what the energy is of the room. What, is, what are people fascinating? If somebody's throwing a beach ball around that looks like you know a character from a cartoon or something, that could be the stimulus that takes you to a different direction. We did a thing at a festival where I took a football, and I had about a 20, 25-minute gap to fill.
1: Oh, that's a long. time. It's cap. a long
0: time, and they they wanted just constant stuff, and I'm like, I'm not a stand-up comic. I'm not funny. Yeah, <laughs> you're I, I, funny. I'm really not funny, and that's the other thing. I'm like, well, you must be really funny if you're. No, I'm not funny at all. Trust me, if you listen to the show, I'm not funny. <laughs> but what I am is just a you know, just open. Yeah, and and, and to the to connection to people, and so I said, well, uh, 25 uh,
1: uh, minutes,
0: and so they, here's a football, and I went, hmm. and two guys on a college football team were backstage, so I had them sign it. And it was like, all right, let's go out. And it was in Missouri. It was the Show Me Fest. And I okay. went, all right, let's go. Uh, let's see a football. All right. Who wants a football? Ah, everybody's screaming and yelling. Cheap trick, throwing stuff out at the crowd. Everybody likes free stuff. So, Always. so you throw the football in the crowd. And then it was like, all right, there's a catch. And this stuff just come came to me while I was thinking about it. I was like, I'm going to be back here in about, you know, after the next act, probably an hour or so. I want to see that football, but it better not look like a football. And they're like, what? Everybody's like, what do you mean? Whatever you do, that's your only rule. I want to see that football, but I don't want it to look like that football. And this is the beginning of a four-day festival. By the end of day four, we had a a six-and-a-half-foot-tall man sitting in a chair, all put together by pieces and parts of trash that people made this character, and the head was the football.
1: Are you kidding no. me? No.
0: And people would take it to their campsites and then bring it back to the festival the next day. And it became... A thing? It became our, our guy. It was, Where's the guy? It, it was Wilson. He's in, actually in a glass box, uh, like a, a museum piece. In the office of the promoter of the festival. And
1: you created that. And this,
0: we, we you knew and it. Everyone and everyone Yeah, that. it wasn't me. But they you, can was
1: your idea.
0: But it wasn't, I didn't create it. But
1: you sparked you know, it. But
0: then these people got invested and they got the connection. It became, a, wow. it became a craft project for an entire.
1: That's crazy. And those
0: things were fun to come up with. And there's like weird stuff that you can just, and not all of it works. Right. <laughs> and sometimes you walk up the stage going, oh.
1: <laughs> well, yeah.
0: But you don't know, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you don't know until you try.
1: Awesome! So you just love to go creative.
0: His name was Wilson, by the way.
1: Well, well that's only fitting. From I know, Castaway. Yeah.
0: And we knew he had built something great when the promoter was driving around backstage in a golf cart, and in the passenger seat was Wilson sitting. Stop! It, it's a great picture, it's running around okay, somewhere. You have to show yeah, it's a great picture.
1: Okay, so also talking about things that you love and treasure. You have this wall here oh. that is, like, full of badges. Yeah.
0: Um, What's this, happening over there? It's a great example for what we love to do, um, the whole connection thing, celebrating life, celebrating people who are living life on a day-to-day basis, just making things work, paying bills, taking care of their family, you know, playing music, um, doing whatever people do to keep this country grow, going, keep yeah. their lives going. And a lot of those are our first responders and members of our military. And I'm a huge fan. I do a lot of trips with the USO and go overseas Uh, with Kelly Pickler. We did it with Rodney Atkins, the Swan Brothers, and uh, numerous other acts that we've just taken over.
1: You've gone to Iraq?
0: Yeah. wow. We did that with Kelly in 2007. And just fell in love with everybody. I mean, my dad was an Air Force pilot. And... The police and firefighters and especially right now, I mean, everybody's under the gun so much that you just got to celebrate these people that really they're underpaid, overworked and underappreciated. Mm -hmm. And so we had a a family come in right after Superstorm Sandy in New Jersey Mm -hmm. and said, hey, thank you all for all your support of our first responders. We hear you talking about it and and helping to rebuild Jersey. We thought this Jersey strong magnet would have a good place on, on this wall, which was blank at the time. There was nothing on that wall. Wow. And then we had more visitors come to the studio who were from New York and said, oh, yeah, I worked uh, in rebuilding, too. I'm with this firefighter company. I'm with this New Jersey police department. And so organically, without us really, it just grew.
1: And there's hundreds on there now. Yeah.
0: And we probably get about 20 a week. No.
1: Are you? Do people just send them in? Or do they yeah, they send them? they
0: send them in, they bring them in. So they whatever. know about it. Yeah, and it's, it's our Wall of Heroes. And I've, I have more pride of that Wall of Heroes. I mean, there's two Navy SEALs up there. Oh, there's Jeffrey, and wow. they're quotes. I'm a quote junkie, by the way.
1: Character is the place inside you where the things you say, the things you do, the decisions you make come, come from. from. Discipline, my, regret, the choice is yours.
0: That's my favorite. I love that. Yeah. The guy on the right set the world record for the longest squirrel suit flight. No way. 18 miles.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, and these guys just come in. And I mean, that's a that's a Navy SEAL trident on that one piece of white paper up there.
1: Gosh, to be a Navy SEAL, you gotta be a bad mofo. And they don't
0: hand those out. No. No, but they know they know it's not mine. I'm not taking these home.
1: But they know this is a sacred place This is a it.
0: sacred place. It's like these coins, very easily somebody could come in here and take these coins off the wall or patch off the wall, but it's kind of an unsaid thing. You don't touch the wall.
1: Don't touch the wall. Don't touch the wall. It's a wall of heroes.
0: There's uh, two patches up there that are there's a the South Carolina patch with the big T up yeah. there right below Andy Stump's thing. Um, that's a husband and a wife. And the husband was killed oh, wow. while the wife was also serving overseas. Dang. And she, her name's April. And we met her in um, uh, South Carolina. And she told us the story about how she was racing home to meet the remains of her husband. And she was in Kuwait and she goes, oh, come on, get this plane off the ground. I don't, I don't want to be there. My husband makes it finally home. And they said, uh, ma'am, uh, you're going to have to wait about another half hour or so. We have another passenger. She goes, fine. Okay. The back of the plane opens up and the flag draped casket comes in and she flew home with her husband. And she not, that, that was not planned. It just happened of all the transportation going around all over this war. She just happened to be taking the same flight home as her husband.
1: Really? And she had no idea? No.
0: And to hear her tell the story. And we were all in tears. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, she sent us those two patches. And she goes, can you make sure they stay together? I'm like, yes. Oh. I know. Whoa, <laughs> That's what I mean. So every time. Oh, um It gets me choked up, too. So when you turn around your chair around in the middle of a show... And there's a little downtime. I always try to pick out a patch and remember the story that went with it, because awesome it's it's, story. it's a wall of heroes that, are, and every one of those patch has a sense of pride. There's a grandparents patches from the '50s. There's some guy who just said, "I qu- just quit the uh, the police force." Here's my actual badge, no, and it's a, yeah, and it's just I'm fascinated by people, yes. in 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 all aspect yes. of life. It's to love talking to celebrities, sure. But they're honestly not the most interesting people I come across. You are the most interesting. Anybody you meet on the side of the street. Everybody's got a story. Um, a friend of mine says, he goes, You are so much fun to go to a bar with because you're, you become everybody's best friend in the first 10 minutes. You're interested. I, what, what wasted opportunity is it to sit at a bar and not open your mouth and, and connect? You have no idea. I mean, it may not work, but yeah, at least but it may. open the connection and just.
1: Who, who could you meet? Who knows?
0: You, you will see a story unfold. If you allow it to. Yeah. And that's the way everything should in life should be embraced. It's just, why close doors when so many doors could be just opened up with just the... <laughs>
1: Your name is Stormy, just, but it should be Sunshine. <laughs> I mean, I'm changing it.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe subconsciously I'm overcoming the stigma of being named Stormy. <laughs>
1: I mean, you're so bright. That's such a great way to view life.
0: It's, it, it's a blast.
1: And it makes it fun, huh?
0: Yeah, it does. Um, I, I think if I left to stew alone... For a long time, I could probably find some dark places, so I think that 's why I like people so much yeah, because you you could it's it's much more fun
1: I totally agree with that. yeah okay, so who just on the celebrity side, who are some of your most favorite interviews ever
0: um garth brooks is, oh, is one gosh. of my favorite because he, he he too is very unpredictable yeah he 's the biggest challenge for an interviewer anybody why is that? um i 've said it to his face, we've said it on the air uh, he came in not too long ago to our studio and he is famous for leaving a bone for you to pick up. And if you don't pick it up, he's not going to help you. Okay, so, so like, give
1: me an example.
0: Like, he said, I said, what are you working on now? He goes, oh, man, I'm just got hanging out with some old friends and some new ones. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's, it seems quite familiar, though. And then moved on. I'm like, oh, wow, that sounds great. And just let that, those words just go over my head. And at the time, he was re-recording Friends in Low Places. And that was his hint. If I were to pick up on it.
1: Gosh, that's a hard hit and to pick up on and, it. And
0: I've gone back and listened and watched to so many of my Garth Brooks interviews over the past quarter of a century. And every single interview, I've missed something.
1: Really? So and he's I, cryptic. I have
0: thrown things at the television, thrown things at the speakers after hearing it, after he's already left the room and gone.
1: So he it's tiny. He's tiny, tiny, tiny. And little. if you're
0: smart enough to pick up on it... He, but
1: you have to know his you, work. You
0: have to know his work. And you also have to just be listening. Mm-hmm. If you listen... He, he wants you to work as hard as he's working wow. and and I just think it's it to me it's almost like a game Which and you it, love. I love it and I lose all the time but <laughs> but I love it um there was one time he had a i had notes this back in my note days <laughs> <laughs> and actually this one lesson taught me to throw the notes away okay like if you sit right here with your notes like this
1: yeah
0: you're interviewing me I'm spending a lot of time looking down at your notes wondering what's on there
1: trying to see what they are
0: trying and and Garth admitted one time he goes I could read upside down, and so I often of know what's so. Down. He, and he knew what questions were coming before I did, and so I put the notes away. And he goes, "Now this makes me uncomfortable," and he goes, "But this oh. is this is a great conversation now, isn't it?" And I and so from that point forward, he taught me to throw the notes away.
1: Well, heck yeah, Garth.
0: And Larry King too. I was his stage manager for a while. Of course. At, at you. CNN, who, who in are LA.
1: you?
0: <laughs> and I had to run his uh earpiece wire up his back, which is How's a little uncomfortable. A little uncomfortable.
1: So you're is... like very familiar with the skin. Yeah,
0: I know very I know. Is <laughs> he moisturize? I still feel it right now. <laughs> Not well enough. <laughs> a little um, ash. Yeah, a little <laughs> ash. <laughs> Thank you for bringing me back there. You yeah, know. thanks. But uh, he never, his number one rule, and this seems so counterintuitive to being an interview, but he goes, never know more about your subject than your audience.
1: Okay. That does seem counterintuitive.
0: Because if you spend your entire time regurgitating to the audience everything about your subject that you know, that's time you've taken away from that subject actually communicating their own story. So it's... These are like nuggets of gold. Yeah, that that one really stuck. And so, so know like, the
1: point, but know don't the point. know it.
0: Don't know. And, and I know um, I, there's a person in town that I respect so much for being the most prepared interviewer I've ever met. Um, this person will study for weeks and know every single detail. And it's just a different style. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But it's just different philosophies on how you do it. But I learned that from Larry. And I love that. And I mean, that. I
1: totally take that. I and, learned two things. No notes and don't know more than your interview.
0: And, and you're doing a great job with it. I Thanks. mean, because this turns into a conversation and not an interview. Totally. And then the a conversation is much more entertaining for people to listen to than it is an interview. Yeah. Question, answer. I mean, you've heard people when they go, so tell me about your new book. And then blah, 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 book. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, it says here that you went to such and such school. And it, it, that's, yeah. a, that's an interview instead of just going, my okay. God, where'd you get your start? You know, yeah. like, and boom, it, it takes you places if you are willing to take those roads. Okay. And it's uh, like the Buck Owens interview we were talking about a while ago. I was scared to death because I brought nothing. And that's one that I really did actually want to be prepared for. Because right. it was the interview that I'd waited my entire life for. And it turned out to be the best blessing that I had trained to that point of just having the conversation. Yeah. And it, it turned out to be a really really big blessing in disguise okay. it's almost like all those tips led me to be able to do that of interview Of course,
1: it's buck owen you know yeah, the it was one buck that Owens. like you're like yeah the holy grail
0: the interview started talk about pooping your pants ah! the interview started he goes charlie <laughs> i hope you got some good questions i'm like, like why uh... Uh, i'm like why and he goes because this is the last one of these fuckers i'm ever gonna do
1: you did his last interview mm-hmm. is that not awesome
0: It's. it was crazy and my heart just sank and i went. Great. Thanks, Buck.
1: Well, the good news is you were totally prepared yeah, for a lifetime for of a study. For a lifetime
0: of study. And, and it's just, but my head just went, <gasps> all right, here we go. And then you
1: have to get and, into and, it. And
0: then just go. And it's, and it was really one of the most fun things. And we turned it into a whole hour-long special on GAC. Awesome. Start to finish. We didn't cut anything. It was just, it was called the the final conversation.
1: Holy cow. Yeah. What it's a really moment! Cool. What moments you've had in your life, and I'm sure we're just scratching the surface. It's
0: it's fun. Yeah, I know, but I, I like in, interviewing the new artists as Who much as I. Who are you
1: excited about the, in the new artists? And then I have to wrap up because it's already been an hour.
0: What? How did that happen? Because you're awesome. No, you're awesome. See, <laughs> see what you did there. You're, you're 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 doing it. You're and you're really good, by the way. Well,
1: I got some great tips from you today too no, that I will totally file away and use.
0: Shut up! You're an idiot. You're you're, you're better at this than I am. Um, Gosh, my, who am I looking forward to right uh-huh. now? Uh, I am fascinated by Maren Morris.
1: She's such a badass.
0: Because I, I love personalities. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love the psychology of what a creative person goes through. Yeah. And, and digging in and finding it. And she is such an open book and such yeah. a great... She's a real good spirit, and so I love I love sitting down and talking with her. I, I love TJ and John Osborne. Oh, I love
1: the Osborne brothers. Because they're so authentic. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Pause again because we went over an hour. Oh, that's fine. Yep, t- don't stop. Don't stop. Won't stop. Won't okay. stop. Uh, I okay. So you love Marion Morris, and you love the Osborne brothers. Brothers yeah. Osborne's, I am obsessed with them. They're so authentic.
0: They are. They sit here in these two chairs, and just like this, where an hour disappeared, we could do four hours, and and what we love. Is just what we've just spent this hour talking about. And we are very similar in our beliefs of just opening up to life and letting life deliver the gifts that you're opened up to. Yeah. And so they'll and come open in. about talking about it. Anything. They don't care. Anything. One of my favorite moments with them, uh, I was like, God, you know what just happened? Don't you hate it when somebody texts you and they just assume that you know who they are and don't sign their name? They're like, so, hey, what's up? And you have no idea what the number and yeah. it leaves the most uncomfortable situation where you have to go, Who's this? Yeah. And oh, it's just I hate that. And, it's, and you look like the doofus because they were because they were impolite and didn't address the fact that you might not have saved their number. Right. So that just opened up into a whole thing. And then it happened to TJ as we were sitting Stop here. It. He goes, Oh my God, it just happened. No way. And so we called the person on the air and and did the whole and it just was this great moment. And there's no telling and what's gonna fun. happen with them. And that's and we could go in with a master plan for an interview of where we need to go, and it never goes there. Yeah. And it goes a complete left tangent to a whole new direction. And those are the best – that's when you feel like you are on the edge of your seat. Yeah. And it's – you're holding on. You're, you're not quite in charge. Right. But you're, you're – But it feels good. But you're okay. And yeah. it's um, – a manager once told me that the most exciting place for an artist to be or a creative person or anybody in this business to be is when you're leaning back in a chair – and you're leaning back in a chair and you're leaning back and just before it falls over you catch yourself yeah you've done that on two legs on a chair you know in school or whatever and you go Whoa! yeah because that's that edge you want to be on at all times and it's that. it's the most creative the most electric and it's where you're going to do your best work so it, that's why I don't like recording shows. I love live. Yeah, live anything because
1: you're on. It's just on the spot.
0: And it, once it's done, it's done. There's mm-hmm. no going back and fixing.
1: I like that. I don't like editing. No,
0: I couldn't be a recording artist mm-hmm. if a singer would sit there and go fix everything. Right?
1: Because you like the fi- human element of yes. it happening. Yes, and just
0: go and yes. go go do it, and then and whatever happens happens. Oh my it's, god, I love that. Yeah, it's great. Well, we have hosted a bunch of live events together.
1: When I that was one of the first ones I ever did was national dancing. And with you were you. great. Thanks. I think I I had note cards.
0: Yeah, You won't won't next time.
1: (laughs) I'm going to not do note cards. I'm not going to have...
0: So it doesn't mean you don't study it. I mean, like the night before, the morning of, you go through and make sure, you know, in your mind, you know where you want to go, but don't be afraid of where you don't think you're going to go. I have
1: a terrible memory. No, you don't. No, I really do. You can ask anyone in my life that I have a horrible (laughs) memory. I cannot remember anything. You're Dory. Yes, basically. It's like... When I was in Stealing Angels, the band, like we'd yeah. like go do stuff, and Jen and Taylor would tell me we did it, and I would just have to believe them because I wouldn't remember. Like I literally have gaping holes in my mind, and I can't remember or retain.
0: That's okay. Short-term memory is fine, though. Okay. Yeah, you, you probably have good short-term memory. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's just out of sight, out of mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's
1: great. I'm like a goldfish. <laughs> but,
0: but you, but, you, but you, it, it works. This has been a great conversation. So I
1: have loved it.
0: So it's it's awesome.
1: Okay, well, we have to wrap up because now we're at 110 and I want to talk to you forever. But I like to end with – We'll do part two. Part two. Okay. Okay. I like to end with leave your light. So leave me some inspiration or how you want to inspire the world or how you've been inspired.
0: Um, I think the only way to avoid failure in life is never quitting. Totally. And that's – it's a surefire way. It's a guarantee you will never fail if you never quit. So, I mean, you could look at setbacks, but that's not failing. As long as you're still moving. As long as you're still getting up every morning and fighting towards a goal, there is no failure. Yeah. So the only time you fail is when you walk away from it. And if you just go, oh, well, screw that. Right. And then that's when you fail. And, you, and not in life, but just in that particular aspect. Yeah. But if you really want to come to town and be a recording artist, then don't quit. Yeah. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. You'll learn along the way. And you'll learn. And, and it may not take you to the place that you thought you were going.
1: Right. It might take you to a new door.
0: But that's not failing.
1: It's just redirecting.
0: It's redirecting. So I, I live by that one a lot. I love that. And it's, it's fun. And the other one, which is very <laughs> apropos, I think, that I live by too. I, saw, I told you I'm a quote junkie. I love I, Me I, too. See, I, I love, love quotes. You just can't remember them.
1: Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, it, it's uh, if you find yourself whining about the times... Your time has passed.
1: Wow.
0: If you're, you're one not of those. Relevant. Oh my gosh, this town. I remember oh when it used gosh. to be this or the God, this isn't country music. I'll tell you what country music wow. was. And if you find yourself anything in life, it's just like.
1: Whining about the past.
0: These kids, what they're wearing right now, can you believe the clothes that they're wearing? Oh my gosh, what is this on television? And if, wow. So if you find yourself whining about the times, your I time love has passed. That. And you have to be okay with that. You, and if know, you don't
1: want your time? Yeah, if you're fine. If you
0: if you're okay with that being your stamp, that you you have stopped existing at a certain time frame in your life and are refusing to adapt or to grow or to evolve or to keep those doors open to embrace new parts of life, that's your choice. Yeah, and it's it's, but it's just just know that you have closed that door and yeah. you you need to open up. And it's hard. It's hard. It, we do get set in our ways. And technology and everything advances so fast yeah. and everything's, and it's hard to sit there and go, I can't learn what's going on in the, these, with all these young kids, what they're doing right. and all this kind of stuff, but then fine, don't.
1: Right, but just be okay. But just
0: don't whine about it because it's happening. It's progressing. happening. The world's not yeah. Right, it's not going to wait for you. So love that. There you go.
1: Story cheer. Warren! That was the best <laughs> interview. You're the best. Thanks for the tips too. I'm totally applying. Carolina <laughs> she's the queen of talking hey what's on your mind she's on the inside she got
0: the scoop on the ones to watch on the ones to stop. no one can do it quite like
1: caroline caroline no one can do it i hope that you loved hearing from stormy warren he is so freaking fantastic i love him Next week, I am really excited because I have Kelly Pickler joining me. And we are going to be going through the first few episodes of everything that's happened on I Love Kelly Pickler, which is on CMT right now on Thursday nights. And I am on the cast with her. We have so much fun. And we've done about three episodes so far. So we're going to be breaking down what's going on and what to look forward to and what's up in Kelly's world. So y'all tune in next week for Kelly Pickler. See you then.